Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Die by the Blade podcast. Luke is out another week, but next week he should be back. So Steve is with me for one final week. We got a lot to talk about: trade deadline, uh, Sabers after dark, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So stay tuned. Steve, what's up, buddy? How's it been? I know you uh, had a pretty eventful weekend, so. Uh... How you been doing, bud? Been doing good. It's um, it was really nice to be in a place where a sixty degree day is more the norm versus false spring. So for <laughs> those who don't know, I was down in Atlanta for this weekend because my best friend got married and went off without a hitch, except for this uh, a couple parts. Uh, one, both of my both my fault. Uh, one. So it was planned, you know, when the bride and groom get their rings during the ceremony. Okay, so we told the uh, the officiant a good six, seven times that John gets his ring first because you always end on the nicer stuff. Bride gets the nicer stuff. Guess who he said was getting the ring first? And we had set it up that way because the rings are in a box. The officiant can't see very well, so I have the bride's ring tucked underneath, so he can't get it. So we can't possibly get that ring. So I pull it out. He asked for the bride's ring. I try to switch him. That doesn't happen. So he's talking about it as if it's the bride's ring, and he's got the groom's ring. That's that awkward. And, see, that's yeah, not you. And, that's not on you. That's not on you, though. Like John said, fifty percent me. What? So I'll. I'll I'll take that because I like, could have switched I could have switched them. That okay? That's I, I could have put more effort in that, but I was nervous too. John, and if you're listening, part, I'd debate you on that fifty percent. I'd give him more of a thirty-five percent to forty percent blame, but that's just my take. Hey, for John, that's generous. So <laughs> the second part during my speech, at one point I froze, lost my place on the page, and then I ran out of space on my paper to write the conclusion. So the wrap up was a little rough. Anyone hey, conclusions. who's listening to me on a podcast <laughs> knows just how bad my wrap-ups can be. Yeah, they get a little the too wordy sometimes. But yeah, you don't say. <laughs> Anyways, Josh, how are you? Uh, I've been pretty good. I uh, had a I've had a couple days off here for the first time in a while. I was I did the math the other day, and before uh, Saturday, the nineteenth, I had worked ten days in a row, and that was terrible. Um, but then I had to work Sunday and then I've had the last couple of days off. Um, don't have to work again until Thursday. So it's kind of nice to just get a little breather here, been able to get my ducks in a row, like, uh, with podcasts and everything. Speaking of, I apologize for last episode. We said we were going to put Jack Eagle's comments in there. Completely slipped my mind. As I said, I've been doing a lot of things, so forgot all about it. I'm sure you all heard the comments by then. So Shame. again, I'm sorry, but not sorry at the same time. <laughs> I need a bell. Shame. The shame bell? Uh oh. Shame. This time I will actually edit in a sound effect and I'll put the bell in at the three minute and 30 second mark just so I know where it's at. Hey, we might be able to get sued by HBO. That'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, let's get right into it. As I said, we had Sabres After Dark. Sabres played Edmonton in a six nothing or six to one loss. 
they played the Calgary Flames in a one nothing fluky overtime win. And then they play the Vancouver Canucks in another overtime win. I think that one was 3-2 or 4-3? 3 3-2. 3-2. Okay, yeah. So let's start with Edmonton. I didn't watch this one as much. I It, it started out, it looked abysmal, and I just didn't care to watch it. Um, not to sound terrible, but I just got a little frustrated with it. And plus I was working and driving home and things like that. So kind of missed most of the game due to that. But Steve, you said you watched this one more than the other two. So what uh, what did you notice about that game? That was painful. So this was the night right before my 6 a.m. flight to Atlanta. So I want to watch the first two periods. Luckily, our, our editor at Die by the Blade covered the recap because I was not conscious by the third period. I should have been unconscious by the second, but I forced myself to watch a little bit more. But that it just is one of those games. They still got plane legs, jet lag, whatever you want to call it. It is one of those games they just can't hack it. And if if you're not a really solid, deep team, it it shows. Like you have to be on to be going against what Edmonton's what third in the Pacific now behind LA. So like they're playing well, they started hot, went really cold and now they're getting hot again. So I think they're actually in second. You, I'm not sure. I, I think LA is still ahead of them. Well, yeah, pull up the stand. I, I, either way, like a team, again, team like that, especially an offensive streaky team that's on can't exactly come with your B game when your B game is like a playoff team's D game. And it turned into an F. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good way to put it. Uh, you are correct. L.A. is one point ahead of the Oilers. Um, pretty tight at the top of the Pacific, except for Calgary. It goes 76 L.A., 75 Edmonton, 72 Vegas, 68 Vancouver. And Anaheim's still kind of knocking at the door at 65, but it's getting a little distant for the Ducks there. But if Vegas keeps slipping, who knows, you know? And that, yeah, that, uh... I don't. I would see the Ducks because the top three in the Pacific kind of have settled themselves. So yeah. the Ducks would be competing with like Dallas and uh, maybe not Winnipeg, but Nashville for those wild card spots. And no, they'd be competing trading... with Winnipeg. Winnipeg's got sixty-eight. Winnipeg's a yeah. I, Dallas I just has don't got think seventy-one. They have the legs. Dallas, I think, is going to make it. I yeah, mean, they're kind of rooting for them to knock out Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm rooting for them to knock out Vegas for selfish reasons, but <laughs> I also hate Dallas. So, yeah, yeah, fuck, fuck Dallas. Sorry, <laughs> it's st- it's still not a goal. Twenty, how old are you? Twenty-two. Going to be twenty-three. Twenty-three years later, still not a goal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for those of you that don't know the story, I was I was born. Uh, two months after the 99 no goal. So I was born into the misery and like, like, uh, like Bane and Batman, you, you adopted the darkness. I was born into it. I was, you adopted the misery. I was born into it (laughs) anyway. Um, so yeah, abysmal game there in Edmonton, but bounce back the next night against one of the best teams, one of the hottest teams in the league, no pun intended, the Calgary flames. And I mean, sure it's a fluky goal from Tage Thompson to win the game but that was a 
good overall effort from the Sabres in a back-to-back against, like I said, the better team, in the, the one of the best teams in the league right now. Dustin Tokarski had a high re- highlight real save on um, newly acquired, I think it was newly acquired Kelly Yarncroft. Um, dove across the net, made it all over all the NHL and sports net pages and stuff. Nothing on ESPN, of course. Um, and like I said, Tage was in the right place at the right time. Markstrom mixed plays the puck. And Markstrom's been fantastic lately and just didn't look like he could control the puck that well that night outside of his own crease. So Thompson recognized that and pressured the guy. And honestly, he almost missed because of how tall he is. But <laughs> there was it was a great, great finish there by him and uh, good overall effort from the team, like I said, after the night before. If you told me the Sabres would score one goal against Calgary in a back-to-back situation, I would have believed you. If you told me that Tokarski was in that and we would only score one goal, I would have believed you. If you told me that we score one goal in overtime and that's the game-winning goal, granted by rule if it's in overtime, it is the game-winning goal, but score one goal, and Tokarski pitches a freaking shutout against the Flames. I would have called BS on that. But here we are. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I mean, that, and that was the Sabres' first shutout since 2019. Oh, my gosh. Brian Duff tweeted that out after the game. 117 games between shutouts for the Sabres. Actually, no, I think I'm it was, even, uh, no, I'm... no, no, no. It was 174, I believe, actually. Cause that's, that's more I'm like, not... <laughs> that's more like time. Correct. I think. I'm not even mad. I'm just impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was, it's. Uh, hey, good for him. That And Tokarski is only the third Sabres goaltender to get a shutout against the flames. Steve, can you name the other two? This, okay this year can. to get shutouts against the Flames? No, 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 no. At all time. Only only all Sabres time goal. for the Sabres. Yeah. Um, Hashik. Yep. So one more. I, I feel like saying Miller would be too easy, so that's going to be the misnomer. I'm going to say it's not Miller. It's not. Mika Norinen. You're cl- Wait, actually, you're right. <laughs> oh Let's go! God. Let's go. <laughs> I was like, you're close. And I'm like, wait, no, you're right. So here, yeah, I got the, <laughs> I have the tweet. Um, Brian Duff tweeted out first shout out for the Sabres since the 25th of October in 2019. They had gone 174 games of that one. Only three Sabres goalies have posted shutouts in Calgary. In Calgary. I don't know if it's all timing it's flames, but in Calgary, Hashik, Noren, Tukarski. Wow. I and good for you. One, I didn't see that because I was in full wedding mode that day. Right. That's <laughs> so I definitely didn't see that tweet. And I'm not I I swear on the two CPA exams I have passed that I did not look that up. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a tweet from him. More shutout stats. Um, most one nothing wins by Sabres goaltenders in regular season only. Hashik has eight. Miller has seven. Enroth has four, and in Enroth's all of Enroth's Sabres shutouts were one nothing wins. He had four shutouts as a Sabre, and they were all one nothing wins. 
Wow. Yeah. Tokarski has. Roth. I think he got a bad rap. He's over in Sweden right now. He's actually still playing. Yeah, he's he's solid goaltender. It just the new fad of having these massive human beings with almost cat-like reflexes, unless you're Devin Dubnik, uh, <laughs> in that became a fad, and all these smaller goaltenders got overlooked. I, I think Enroth had a little more to give by the end of his career. Yeah, I think so too. But, you know, it's how the cookie crumbles, and here we are, still looking for a goaltender. What, what was that word? What crumbles? The woogie? The cookie. Yes, the, the cookie. But when you listen to that back, you're going to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I might have fumbled my, my words. It's a slurring your words there. No, Steve, I was trying to say the wo- that's how the Wookiee crumbles, you know, the, the, like, uh, like Wookiees in Star Wars. <laughs> anyway, all right. If so... I could do that voice, I would be trying it right now, but I'll spare you guys that pain. <laughs> Anyway, so one more game to get to, and then we'll get into trade deadline day. And it was really exciting. We all know that. Um, so they play the Vancouver Canucks on Sunday. Darlene looked like draft year Darlene. I mean, it looked like he was back over in Sweden dangling 40-year-olds in the Swedish Hockey League with Frölunda. Um, I, I don't know if that's just a fluky game where he's really, really good because he's been really – solid these past like couple couple months i think compared to the beginning of the season but last that that last game he was on fire i mean scores the game winner looks defensively sound in his own end he's dangling people again he just he looked fantastic um i don't know if you got to see much of this one too steve but i you're gonna wish you should have or you're gonna wish you would have if you see if you saw like the highlight reel that the nhl.com usually puts together but that game was was great. I mean, it was a late night game, and I was awake for the whole thing. It was entertaining as hell. Well, my flight was at ten twenty p.m., so I was hoping that one of two things would happen: one, I would have Wi-Fi so I could watch the game, or B, I would get have a charger in there and be able to watch somehow. Neither of which came to fruition, so <laughs> I ended up watching uh, god knows what oh i think 21 jump street so but when we landed and i finally get service back it was overtime so i got to see the overtime meanwhile this is like one almost 1 30 in the morning right and (laughs) like my girl's sitting next to me and she's basically conked out we've been up all day just brutal so i'm watching the game and Darlene made that nasty move to the middle and scored the game winner. And, you know, I, I start celebrating. Laura's very, very, very confused in what was going on. But, yeah, I at least got to see that goal. And from mm-hmm. whatever, everything I've seen, all the highlights and what I could pick up, Darlene's finally starting to feel it because he always had the talent. That's what we always heard. He had the talent. It was just, when is it going to come? Mm-hmm. So what I think is it's all in his head. So right. you need, you need a hype man behind him. You need the NHL version of DJ Khaled to just be shouting stuff at him in a positive way. Alex, Tuck. we need, I'm not going to lie. That probably has a lot to do with it 
because <laughs> Tuck had been in the playoffs a few times. Like he comes in, even though he's not that old, you're younger than me. Mm-hmm. He's a, uh, he comes in with some actual experience and you can be like, Dolly, like grass, you're nasty. You're well, Victor go- Hedman said that about him. Victor Hedman's one of the best defensemen in the league. And he's saying, yeah, I see myself in him. Like, holy shit. That's a, that if, if that isn't a compliment, I don't know what is. Like, <laughs> yeah, if that isn't a compliment, <laughs> he said that, but Ralph Kruger was our coach. So I, I think it went in one ear, out the other, and principles were jammed through his <laughs> ear hole. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing. I think that, that Darlene is finally recovering from the Kruger effect. I think that the two, or I think that he's finally gotten over all the issues there or he's starting to anyway. Um, but one, one quick thing that I want to mention or two, two things real quick before we get into trades one after the Calgary game, I don't know if you saw the video, Steve, I retweeted it, but Don Granado, I don't know if every Sabre or every NHL coach does this, but Don Granado waited in the tunnel and high-fived and, and patted on the back. Every single guy that walked down the tunnel, every single one, like, Usually coaches just leave right off the bench, go to the locker room. No, he waited in the tunnel and he, he high-fived and pat on the back every single one of his guys. That was great. I love to see that. I know it's such a little, little thing, but I've never seen a Sabres coach do that. And I've never seen an NHL coach do that unless they just haven't had the video like that. But that was fantastic. And I love to see that sort of thing. I know, like I said, it's really small, but small things lead to big things. Another thing that's really small and kind of stupid in some people's eyes, but after every win, that big hug that that big hug that Alex Tuck gives Greg Anderson or or Dustin Tokarski, that's just awesome to see. That's like it's like the Linus Omar Jeremy Swayman hug in Boston. It's just like it's it's a fun little team thing that they all do together and like and they do it every time and it's just it's I, I don't know. I maybe I'm just buying into it too much like everyone else is, but I just love to see that kind of stuff. And it's really like, makes me really hopeful that maybe this, this is the time that we can actually say next year will be different. No, this absolutely, it's absolutely a positive sign in that they, they don't just say, yeah, we really like, this is a close knit group. Like it's one thing to say it, but we're actually seeing it. We're seeing the excitement in the players. Like it's not just, you know, you see Eichel or Reinhardt after the game. He's like, yeah, you know, we're, we're a really close team. And, you know, it was nice to get the win. Or they, they get a goal and it's all business-like. He's like, no, like you're playing a sport for a living. Something we, we'd all killed to do. Like, let's see some excitement. I want to see the Jeff Skinner smile. I want to see the tuck hug. I want to see that sort of shit. To see my coach that excited about a dub that really meant a lot to the guys, that is important and you said little things lead to big things that was something that i was taught as i was going through juniors and crap and it it matters like going from a team that really stressed doing all the little things right and then when you go into a team where that's not stressed that's how you have let down games that's how you have a toxic environment that's when you get disgruntled players it it's net, not usually one thing that takes down a team. It's a lot like the tenure of Jason Botterill. It's mm-hmm. death by a thousand paper cuts. 
And in his case, one giant mistake that has been salvaged by the complete unicorn that is Tage Thompson at center. There's another giant mistake in Brandon Hagel, but that's besides the point. Um, I, I see, since I'm filling in for Luke, I'm not allowed to get super shouty. At least <laughs> that is what, what I've been told by our non-producer. So <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, 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 what's my title exactly then? If I'm, if I'm not a producer, well, I'm just saying there's not a, a person in my ear besides you telling oh, me, shut gotcha. up, shut up, Steve, stop yelling. Cause the Brandon <laughs> Hagel thing makes me really angry. It is yeah. the biggest self own that you could possibly imagine. Not, not only does it make me angry cause the Sabres had him at one point and then just kind of squandered the opportunity, but it also makes me angry because that is a lot of pieces for just Brandon Hagel. Like, that's just like a, I don't, I don't see where Chicago's rationale of trading him is because that is a piece you build around if you're starting a rebuild. And two, I don't see giving up that much for him from Tampa's side of the board because like, Tampa gave up two first rounders and, and one really good prospect and another pretty good prospect like Taylor Radish, I think is going to be a very good impact player for Chicago. And those two first round picks are basically second rounders because Tampa Bay is still going to be a very good team for the next two years. So that's my little NHL trade rant. Um, yeah. Two things there. One, I think Breezewa is that great of a GM. He's kind of riding off of Iserman's coattails who built the team. And he, he's made a couple of good moves, but the best one being letting Kucherov have timing Kucherov surgery. Uh, however, cost-controlled production, it has a lot of value. And True. in that case, I think it was overpriced, but he had to blow his socks off to get him out of there because Hagel was part of who Chicago wanted going forward. He fits the timeline of when they're going to be good next, hopefully. And they, they really wanted them when you really want them, you go get them. But exactly. I, I think he was worth more of an ELC contract than uh, Dalton Smith, but um, that's why Jason Botterill is over there ruining Seattle. Oh, Let's, let's also talk about them for a second trade deadline before we jump into Sabres trade deadline. They're literally sending back everyone that they picked in the expansion draft. They send back Marcus Johansson. They send back Mark Giordano. They send back Kelly Yarncroft. Well, they don't send back Kelly Yarncroft, but they trade away Kelly Yarncroft. Um, who else did they trade? Oh, God, I can't think of the other ones. They, but they're, they're like undoing the, the expansion draft pretty much. So... I mean, I well, guess they traded not... Giordano. They, mm -hmm. they, they don't seem to have a plan. No. Like what, what is their plan? If they wanted to gather a bunch of guys and then flip them for assets, why wouldn't you take a guy like Tarasenko who you could have grabbed and mm -hmm. then flipped for at least a first round pick and a good prospect? I think that's wildly more valuable than having Vince Dunn on your blue line. And I'm a big fan of his. Right. But I still think he's a third-pair defenseman, maybe I, a second-pair. I didn't notice this, but they traded Mason Appleton back to the Winnipeg Jets. For a third-round pick, and I'm sure they were asking fourth, for like – A fourth-round pick. A fourth? I'm sure they're asking 
looking for like a second, a second plus to not take him in the first right. place. And now they're netting a fourth round pick. Like mm-hmm. you, you could have had some good players there. I don't think cop was available, but I think it was either Appleton or uh, was it DeMello was the other guy. Yeah. DeMello was, was the other guy. Yeah. When we were talking to Chad on uh, our other show, he was like, yeah, DeMello is a slam dunk. He's a great D like cost control does that drives play all that stuff. And so instead they just get end up with a fourth round pick. But now look at it this Good way. Job. Good job, Seattle. Now look at it this way, though. They do have a first rounder in the next three years. They have four second rounders this year, three next year, and one in three years. They have a, a third rounder. They have three fourth rounders, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh in this year's draft. So they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 picks in this year's draft. Seattle That's a is lot a perfect, of darts. It's a lot of darts, but they could have <laughs> had more. And yeah, two two things about it. One, they don't have a plan. It goes into my theory that one, Ron Francis is overrated, and Jason Botterill is not good at his job. And two, which leads us into our next little segment here, it was wasted potential. Seattle could have done a lot more if they had a more coherent plan and were better at executing. However, that brings us to a very quiet night for the Buffalo Sabres. Yes, it does. So what we're going to do here is since there was basically two sides to this coin, there wasn't much that this, there wasn't, there's only two things the Sabres could have done. One, exactly what they did doing nothing. And two, they could have just had a fire sale and sold off a lot of different pieces that are going to be UFAs and even an RFA or two here this summer. So we're going to kick this thing off in a little bit of a debate sort of style. So Steve will be on the side of there should have been a fire sale and I will be on the side of they did the right thing. So Steve, do you want me to start off or do you want to start? I I can start. Um, So And what we're going to be doing is going through the arguments, kind of explain the situation, and then we'll go into kind of where we fall. So we'll give you the two poles, and then we'll see if we end up near the equator or down by Antarctica. So the uh, camp that says Kevin Adams completely blew it by not moving guys, this is the general argument here. So you've got at least four to five unrestricted free agents on your roster that are not going to be on your team come next year. Most likely you're looking at Cody Eakin. You're looking at Colin Miller. You're looking at maybe a Mark Pesek. Anderson's most likely not going to be here either. You can make arguments to keep them to be in the room. However, you're going to lose them for nothing. After we lost Allmark for nothing. After we lost Jake McCabe for nothing. We're still a rebuilding team, as promising as it looks, how, how many prospects look good. Remember the days when we thought Baptiste, Bailey, those guys, uh, I, I'm forgetting I'm forgetting some defense when we had, like Bryson Martin was supposed to be good. Like that guy sucked. <laughs> yeah, and we could have. We, uh... we had guys, we had second round pick, like Lemieux got traded, but he was kind of meh anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh Alex Nylander. We had, Alex Nylander sucked. I hate him. <laughs> but you can never have too many darts 
to throw at the dartboard when you are still a rebuilding team, especially with some high elite talent coming our way that is going to get paid. Darlene keeps trending this way. His next contract is going to be massive. Owen Power, if he is what we hope he is, his contract is going to be pretty big. So you're going to need to fill out the lineup with some cost-controlled younger players that can still contribute. Having picks does that. It also allows you to either move up in the draft for a guy you like, like when they got J.J. Paterka, they moved up to get him. That's worked out. It also gives you the flexibility when you're trying to acquire talent at the deadline. If you're a good team, you throw an extra fifth-round pick to get ahead of Florida in the sweepstakes to get your fourth-line grinder center who's going to win draws. So it, it, a lot of it just seems like a complete missed opportunity. And you'll, you'll go through the arguments against it, so I won't go in, into deep detail. But having guys like Colin Miller around, especially, especially Colin Miller. I know he was hurt, but he's a right-handed D who was doing well this year and who has produced in this league. A right-handed shot like Jeremy Lauzon got a freaking second-round pick. I can – that – Ah, that drives me nuts. The Miller thing really gets to me. But overall, the argument goes back to you got to capitalize on opportunities and letting this slip away seems like a missed opportunity. So I want to start off by saying a couple things that I do agree with you on, because like I like I. I do think that like when this first happened, when the trade deadline first hit, and there was going to be no more trades. I was pretty upset. I, I was really frustrated. Um, so I do agree with Steve on most of this, but I also, now that I've calmed down a little, saw what Kevin Adams had to say, I changed my mind. But I do want to say, I think the not trading Miller thing was a big mistake. Because like you said, Steve, we could have got, we probably could have got a lot for him. And who knows why the trade didn't go through. Adams said he wasn't getting what he wanted. So... I mean, he probably wanted a second, like like Lauzon got, but he only was probably getting offers for fourth or worse, fourth round picks or worse. So it's just how, again, it's how the cookie crumbles. See, I said it right that time. Um, so uh, the other thing is, this was just, I, it just felt like one of those years that they were weren't going to do anything anyway. So. I had my expectations. I had my hopes up for nothing pretty much. Um, but once Kevin Adams said what he was going to say, I've kind of changed my mind. So he did say, you know, we want guys like Miller and Eke. like we, we like the group we have, which I get that you don't want to ruin the chemistry. The guys are really bonding together right now. Cody Eakin is supposedly a very good locker room guy. A guy like Mark Pissick is great to have around. Um, for his experience for guys like Darlene and Yoki Haru and even non-defensemen like Casey Middlestad and Tage Thompson. I mean, Robert Hag came out and said that when he got traded to Florida, Mark Pissick literally texted all the Florida guys that he had in his phone and texted them Hag's number and said, Hey guys, here's, here's Rob's number. He's a great guy and, you know, help him out any way you can. And that's such a classy move from, from an NHL vet. That's why, like, that's why I like Mark Pissick. He's such a nice guy. Like, that's someone I hope that they sign back in the offseason. 
Um, they weren't going to move Craig Anderson. I mean, he, he, he loves it here. He says, and, and he doesn't want to, he's playing too. So he doesn't want to go somewhere and be someone's insurance policy just for a chance at maybe winning a Stanley cup. Um, but the Colin Miller thing I think was a great mistake, but at the same time, like you said, Steve, he's a right-handed defenseman who is a, like he's need they're needed right now around the league. So maybe they're trying to work out an extension for him. I, I, I don't know if I'd really want to extend him, but at the right price, anything's possible. I, I think, I don't think he's worth the 3.8 that he's getting right now, but give him something a little under three for a couple years just to try him out again, maybe, but it might be time to move on from him. And this might've been the perfect point to move on, but Regardless, if you don't sign him by July 1st, he's out of your hair. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do there with Miller and with Eakin and guys like that too, because like I said, Eakin's a pretty good locker room guy. So I think that was their main focus this trade deadline was making the right moves to maximize their assets, but keeping the chemistry intact and keeping everyone's mind in the right place. Because if you trade someone right now, it's not going to change your season. This season's over with. It's been over for about a month, month or two now. And some could argue even longer. But this trade deadline is probably the smartest move for the future in the sense of you didn't, you, you didn't wreck what you have built. But that's not to say that they're going to stick with the same group next year because this group clearly isn't always working. They need to clearly make some upgrades here. But for right now, this is fine, I think. The one thing I was also pissed about was the fact that they didn't use their trade cap or their uh, salary cap at all. I think that that was a, another big mistake by Kevin Adams. Um, supposedly, there were calls to try to do that, but they just never panned out. Um, I The one trade that I didn't bring up in our trade deadline episode, and I want to throw this at you right now, Steve, I wanted the Sabres to take on Tyler Myers' contract from the Vancouver Canucks. I would like, I don't know what we would have sent them back. I would have wanted more than just Myers, but Myers is a veteran right-hand defenseman. I think that could be, would have been like a decent pairing with um, Owen Power when he comes in. I mean, like that's exactly what they're looking for is a veteran defenseman on the right side to pair with Power. And Myers is one of those guys. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. If you have any ideas of what we could get from them or, could have gave back but that's just a trade that i thought of because vancouver's in cap hell and that's a contract that's killing them right now but what are your what are your yeah so so real quick about that contract how many years is left on it can you look that up for me and then my initial reaction on it is you could one it'd be an off-season move because with uh the turnaround in vancouver they they are trying to make the playoffs but they are in some dire straits with a lot of guys and th- their long-term future doesn't look so bright. So, so after, after this, probably mm-hmm. after this year, he has two left. He has two left. Okay. He's, so that's, he, that's not yeah. too bad because at most you, he, he comes off assuming that power burns a year, first year of his entry level, at the end of this season, you still have power on his ELC. So the money, at two more years at five, whatever he's getting. I think it's six. high fives, low six. It is exactly six. It's exactly six. Okay. So split the difference. So at six, at $6 million for a, I mean, he's, 
He's a second pair right-handed D with a lot of experience in this league. I think he's, he got a bad rap here because he didn't have much support. We also we thought he was broke his leg. <laughs> yeah. We, 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 we thought he was going to be like basically Victor Hedman and he, he wasn't, he was Tyler Myers. Right. So the Tyler Myers is still a good player and that would be a good use of our cap space in the off season. That's an off season move. Well, right. Cause they deadline. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Getting back to this deadline. So the other part of not moving guys, two things, one, it makes me very worried about Ryan Johnson because they need to sign him this off season. So he doesn't go into his senior year and then we get scorned and he leaves and we, apparently we get a compensation, a comp, I can't say the word, a compensation pick compensatory. It's about as close as I'm going to get. So it would be the last pick and it'd be like an, it's an extra second round pick, which would be. Why would it be second? Because it's a, they, the compensation when your first round pick doesn't sign is a second round pick. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it would be like same slot that they picked them. So they picked them at the end of the first round. It was the St. Louis 31st overall pick. Right. Uh, back when they won the cup. So, so we'd probably pick them in... in the second round. But would it be 62 now since there's 32 teams? If there's 32 teams, double that 64. So it'd be the 65th overall pick. Ugh. So not, not terrible, but Ryan Johnson's a good player and I want him signed. Mm-hmm. So that worries me just having too many bodies. And now you have less incentive for him to burn a year. It, it's, just not having as many cards in your hand. Then you have to worry about, okay, so we need to get power into the mix and we need to get playing time for some of these guys. And Colin Miller's still there. I don't know how happy he is knowing he probably could have been on a contender and instead he's here uh, (laughs) in a place where he hasn't exactly had any success whatsoever team-wise. So he's going to be looking to get out and he's still around. Well, here's my question about it's a numbers game. Here's my question about Johnson. We have to sign him by July 1st, correct? Not this July 1st. It would be next. And I don't even think it's July 1st. Uh, We have to, we have to to sign him this off season pretty much. Yeah. Otherwise he goes into his senior year, can play it out. And then he just has to wait like four or five months, like, the Jimmy VC thing. And then right. I think like mid, I think it's August 15th or something weird like that where okay. he can uh, sign anywhere. So here's, so, here's the thing. Free agents on defense for the Sabres. Obviously, as we talked about Colin Miller, Mark Pissick, um, there's going to be a lot of open spaces. I think still Colin Miller, Mark Pissick, Will Butcher and Jacob Bryson's an RFA. So that leaves you with four, three, yeah, four guys on the books. Casey Fitzgerald, Matias Samuelson, Henry Okiharu, and Rasmus Dali. So power comes in, right? Power comes in. He plays third pair with Mark Pissick for now, we'll say. Casey Fitzgerald and Matias Samuelson are a really good pairing, I think. And when Fitzgerald gets healthy again, I think those two should be together. And then you have Dalene and Yokiharu. So Miller's the odd guy out in that, in that case. And say you, you're not going to bring back Will Butcher. You're not going to bring back 
Colin Miller. So you have your six guys right there, and Johnson is still the odd guy out, unless you don't bring back Pissick. Now, if you don't bring back Pissick, you can put Power and Johnson together, but that's an inexperienced pair. And I don't know if they want to do that exactly. And if you and go the route, shoot left. Uh, oh. and I thought what's, Johnson what's played interesting, the right side. Uh, he might. That's what's interesting. So Johnson's skill set being he's not super offensive, but he can move the puck. He's mm-hmm. a really, really good skater, but he doesn't have those offensive impacts you would expect from someone who's such a great skater. So he's kind of like a more sound defensive uh, uh, Brandon Montour. So he could be a guy in that kind of skill set. He doesn't need to be on the left side because he kind of compensates with, you know, hockey sense and his skating will step up for him. So he could be the guy who plays the right side because we have a lot of guys we are really high on who all shoot left. We saw Darlene do that earlier in the year when he was struggling, saw him on the right side. It was ugly. Might be a completely different story now, but do you really want to bet on it? So just moving forward, this blue line, it, it needs a little work and eh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what they do. I, I, I'm worried about Johnson. If they don't think he's going to sign, they must trade him in this off season. Trade him, get get a experience forward, something like that. I, uh, I I don't know where it came from, but my buddy was saying they were talking about maybe Johnson for like Mayfield or something from uh, from the island. Yeah, and I remember you honestly, if you're, doing, that. if you're doing yeah, if you're doing that, like try and get Cal Cluster uh, Fuster Cluck. So <laughs> you know, get get one of those solid fourth line guys who you know you can plug in the lineup and right he would be really fun to watch with like a, a gergensen's and uh asplund or Picoso. something yeah yeah I, I don't know which side clutterbuck plays but if he plays right put him with gergensen's if he plays left put him with oposo and just watch them ruin people's nights Bang <laughs> so here's here's my last quick thought on the defense situation so obviously they want to bring in an experienced veteran guy for power but why not also try to bring in a veteran experienced guy with, for johnson as well if johnson does in fact play the right side like you said he shoots left but he can probably play the right so another guy i was looking at was alex Golagoski on the minnesota wild he's a ufa at the end of the season He's 36. He's making way too much money right now, but he's also kind of an ageless wonder. So he's someone that I've always liked, and I don't think he'd be a bad addition to this team. But part of me wants Tyler Myers more just because of the uh, sentimental value there. Um, But another thought is, is try to bring both in, but the problem there is you found a couple diamonds in the rough in Casey Fitzgerald and Matias Samuelson this year. So you have a pairing there. You have Darlene, obviously. And then the question mark then goes to Henry Okiharu. You know what I'm saying? You want a hot gonna... take? Trade Henry Okiharu? Absolutely. I've thought the same thing the past couple of weeks. I, power... I think his rep around the league is higher than he will ever reach in his career. Mm-hmm. I, I think what we've seen and – I was really high on him too. Like when I Same. saw him at the world juniors playing with, I think Laxanen on Finland, 
I, I loved how he played, but he just hasn't gotten better. And he actually makes that Darlene pair worse, mm-hmm. which is saying something because Darlene is right raising all boats at this point, except Yoki Haru. Right. The, the man, when you see him, he just looks lost half the time. And honestly, it better than Alex Nylander, but I think I think you can do better than Yoki Haru. Mm-hmm. So problem, here problem is the team really likes him and they're really high on him. So I don't think they'll trade him. But if right. it were me, he'd be the guy I need to go. But then you have literally no one on your right side. But then but then you bring in Tyler Myers and you have someone. He's not what he used to be, but he's still, again, a veteran right shot defenseman who is highly touted in the league. Alex Goligoski is another guy like that. Like those aren't your like be all end alls, but they'll, they'll hold you over until guys like Ryan Johnson, Casey Fitzgerald are better on your right side. And say you draft a right shot defenseman this year's draft. It, it's not your fixing everything button, but, but it, it could help to bring in one of Goligoski or Myers. Those, those, those are the two of the guys that I'd love the Sabres to target on defense this off season. I mean, one would probably be cheaper than the other in Goligoski because you could sign him in free agency, but I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of other teams that want to have him on their roster. Yeah, when you and Luke, when Luke gets back, I'd be interested to see when we can really dig into in the offseason. Imagine what packaging Johnson, Portil- Portillo, who I am convinced is going to do the Cal Peterson and mm-hmm. sign UFA because he only yeah. has to be one more year. And, you know, he's in the depth chart. You can see UPL, you see Levi. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other places he could go if he's patient. So you trade him now before the exodus in Michigan because you don't know how good they'll be next year after they lose Hughes, Power, Deniers, a lot of guys. Right. So he would be, if you could package Ryan Johnson, Portillo, and the Florida first round pick. Imagine what player you could get for that. Oh. Whether it's a <laughs> whether it's a top six forward or a right uh, a top four right handed shot defenseman. That so that opens a lot know, of doors. That opens a lot of doors. And that's, that's like a benefit. That's the benefit of having all these guys, though. Right. That's that's, what, a, that's the benefit of Samuelson turning out to be what all his coaches said and guys like me were saying, but he literally cannot transition to skate forward. Like the man's feet were cinder blocks. They're not cinder blocks anymore. And he is going to have a very long productive career. I love how he plays. So I'm going to throw out a name. You're not allowed to respond. You can have one. You can have one word in response, and then we're going to leave it at that till we come back to this discussion in the off season. Because I think we're going to do a me, you, and Luke for the off season. Jacob Chikrin. No. Okay. All right. Well, we'll discuss that later in that in that package. Um, so unless, moving unless, forward, <laughs> that, unless that, he can that, change I hands. One word. I said one. Oh wait, he's a left shot. Shit. Well, there That's goes what that. I mean. Never mind. All right. Moving on, looking ahead at the Sabres week ahead, they play Pittsburgh uh, tomorrow night on March 23rd, as we're recording this on March 22nd, actually at night this time. We're not doing it at the ass crack of dawn. Um, After that, they have Washington on March 25th, 
Sunday, March 27th, they take on the New York Islanders. These are all home games, by the way. Or no, I'm sorry. Sunday game is in New York against the Rangers. I might have said the Islanders there. I don't know if I did or not. Um, then they have a back-to-back where they are in Chicago on the 28th. They play again at home against Winnipeg on the 30th. And then RJ Knight is April 1st, next Friday, against the Predators at home. So a lot of games in the next week here for the Sabres. Um, I know through a lot of yet a lot of men there, Steve, but one game that catches your eye in this next week here. Well, the first one coming up is one I've got my eye on only for two reasons. One, it's TNT, and without the Leafs, they have to talk about the Sabres at least a little bit. So no, I'm no, no, no. They'll talk about Crosby. Oh crap! You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, no. They'll talk about Crosby with his newly acquired teammate Ricard Raquel. Yeah, I one I love that. I I think I think Pittsburgh is going to be uh, one of the teams in the East. I think out of the mat, they're probably this close the gap between them and Carolina. I still give Carolina the advantage. It just depends on which goalie's hot. Mm-hmm. But I'm also writing the preview for that game for Die by the Blade. So check that out. Shameless plug because I am a plug so uh as far as those games just beat beat the rangers for the love just please they 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 are not they are not as good as they think they are because they are having an all-world season by their goaltender goaltending's a hell of a drug and they're high as a kite i'm surprised that chris drury moved all those untouchables in that andrew cop trade i mean wow I mean, a guy like Jack Eichel can't get those second rounders like that. You know, like that's, that's shocking. Andrew Cobb is better than Jack Eichel. No. <laughs> anyway, you know, yeah, I'd love to beat the Rangers too after all that off season bullshit that they put us through. Um, I'm really looking forward to the RJ night game. I'm hopefully going to be going. Um, that's Luke will be back by then. So me and him are planning on going. I don't know if you can free your busy tax schedule, Steve, but we're looking to go if you're available. Um, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so wrapping up here, what's uh, one thing you've had in the past week that you've, ex- you were excited about, or one thing that you're looking forward to in the next week here? Yeah. So I already, already talked about the wedding that that was kind of the big thing, but, <laughs> uh, other than that, um, one drink responsibly non kids. So anyone over 21, not promoting underage drinking, but, I was at Wegmans right before this doing the weekly shopping and I saw something that actively made me very happy. The Genesee Breweries (laughs) Kolsch, Red Ruby Kolsch is now for sale, at least until I, I think they come off around the 4th of July. So that's what I will be exclusively having until I run out because it is <laughs> phenomenal. So I know what you're, I know what you're bringing to my birthday party. In other words, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I've never actually had this stuff. So uh, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll steal one or two from you. Hey, um, sounds, sounds like a birthday present. <laughs> that works, works for me. Um, Happy birthday. Here's a future headache. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one exciting note for me, I uh, 
just recently sold one of my hockey sticks on sideline swap shout out sideline swap they don't promote us or anything but they're just a really good website really good app um and i had a little over 200 bucks in my account on there so you know i said you know what screw it i can treat myself and i bought myself my first ever brand new pair of hockey skates um the other day so that was nice turns out i didn't realize this till after i bought them but they were bauer supremes and they were bauer supreme s37s was the model and that is exactly what my my bauer stick that i just bought is too it's a bauer supreme s37 so that's kind of some unplanned irony there i don't really know that's it's i don't know why the skates and the stick are have the same like model and all that stuff but I don't really understand all that, but no, it was cool. It, it's nice to have a pair of skates that actually fit you because the ones I had were a size too big. I found out, um, I went to pure hockey and I got my, uh, size done correctly. And the guy said, well, one, you have really high arches. So I don't know how you don't have immense foot pain from skating all the time. And two, your skates are a size too big. And I'm like, Oh, well, that explains why I can't, you know, skate properly. And then I got some insoles for my, uh, for my feet too. So I can actually uh, have my feet firmly in my skates so it's a little bit of a exciting purchase for myself and i'm happy i did it. i'm excited to get to try them out i have no idea when that next skate will be but we'll see so yeah that's my big thing see now you're going to be used to the too big of skate so now you're going to be falling all over the place with the right size skate until you adjust well yeah that's the thing like i i don't have my next game until like i play in that broken sticks league it's a pickup game a pickup league you sign up weekly and my next game with them that i'm signed up for currently is not till april 3rd so i have until then theoretically but i don't know when in the next week or so i'll be able to do that so a little nervous i'm trying to get there before i can before i go out and do all this other stuff but time will tell well you, you know that goalie gear i gave you yeah the goalie gear i didn't give you almost got used our goaltender for our beer league and this is the last thing i'll say because you know me uh so our, our goalie during right before a playoff game dropped out two hours before so we're scrambling to find attendee i literally brought i have leg pads i have a schult i have well are you gonna drive to rochester and think oh so. yeah i'll play in a beer league playoff game why not <laughs> oh sweet you would have gotten lit up I Anyways, gotten lit uh up. yeah using my brother's old gear that stuff is beat the hell so i used the backup backup goalie gear that i have and brought it to the rank luckily we found somebody last second literally last second <laughs> but yeah that almost got used with a player helmet i think we had a catcher's mitt um yeah because i didn't have a glove or blocker sounds um, like you might want, you want to get your stuff back <laughs> no because it never gets used and honestly the, the leg pads are fine but if anyone used that chest protector I'm pretty sure they'd have a heart attack the first soft shot that hit their chest. <laughs> so in other words, you were ready to lay it all on the line for the team. Well, I was going to let someone else use it and find out for themselves. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm not a bad person, but maybe after that, I wouldn't have been a very good person. Yeah. <laughs> Trending the wrong way, much like Vegas's season all right anyway so once again thanks for listening go watch some sabers hockey they got a good 
good bunch of games coming up in this next week, so it should be a pretty exciting week. Um, and if you're going to RJ Knight, look out for a guy in a old Derek Roy jersey and a ginger beard. That'll be me. Um, and uh, maybe we'll see you there. But other than that, have a good week, everybody.